Don't you? It's Lady Gaga. Always remember us this way. We'll take a break for the news and then the familiar calls. Radio Italia 1. Sono le 18 e un minuto. Italia 1 News. Buongiorno dalla redazione. Ucraina, una missione dell'Agenzia Internazionale per l'Energia Atomica arriverà alla centrale nucleare di Zaporizhia entro la fine di questa settimana. L'ha annunciato il direttore generale della IEA, Raffaele Grossi, spiegando che è necessario proteggere la sicurezza del più grande impianto nucleare dell'Ucraina ed Europa. Intanto proseguono i bombardamenti, otto civili sono stati uccisi, altri sette sono rimasti feriti nella regione di Donetsk. Lo reso noto su Telegram, il capo dell'amministrazione militare regionale Pavel Kirilenko. La comunità globale dovrebbe relegare alla storia le armi nucleari, secondo il segretario generale delle Nazioni Unite Antonio Guterres. Lo ha scritto in un post su Twitter in occasione della giornata internazionale contro i test nucleari. Il nostro mondo è stato tenuto in ostaggio da questo tipo di armi troppo a lungo. Tali dispositivi di morte non garantiscono vittoria o sicurezza. Per come sono progettati il loro unico risultato è la distruzione, ha detto Guterres. Ore, la polizia ha fermato l'autore dell'accoltellamento che a Biella è costato la vita ad Andrea Maiolo, 29 anni. Si tratta di Gregory Gucchio, 22 anni, fidanzato della sorella della vittima. L'aggressore, trattenuto in questura, era impiegato come addetto a reparto pasticceria nello stesso locale in cui lavorava il giovane ucciso. Maiolo era il figlio del proprietario del bar, luogo della tragedia. Migranti non ci sono stati sbarchi durante la notte a Lampedusa, all'hotspot di Contrada Embriacola, dopo il trasferimento di 249 profughi avvenuto nella tarda serata di ieri con il traghetto Cossiria che ha fatto rotta verso Porto Empedocle sono rimasti 1.440 ospiti a fronte di 350 posti disponibili ieri sull'isola si sono registrati complessivamente 16 sbarchi con 363 migranti Urla e botte è un diverbio che si è scatenato in una vera e propria rissa in cabina di pilotaggio con il velivolo ormai in funzione e passeggeri a bordo uno scenario del tutto insolito accaduto su un volo Air France. Appena dopo il decollo uno dei piloti avrebbe tirato schiaffi all'altro in seguito a una discussione. La compagnia francese è subito intervenuta sull'episodio e ha descritto il caso come un comportamento del tutto inappropriato. Lo sport il calcio Cristiano Ronaldo avrebbe detto sì al Napoli. L'operazione clamorosa dovrebbe chiudersi entro la fine del mercato prevista per giovedì alle 20. Sul piatto il Manchester United metterebbe 100 milioni di euro per il cartellino di Osimen più il prestito gratuito di CR7. A completamento dell'affare ci sarebbe la copertura dell'80-85% dell'ingaggio dell'asso portoghese che ammonta a 24 milioni netti. È tutto, a più tardi. Now on Radio Italia Uno, it's time to change the world with Matt McQuinley. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can truly light the world. We focus on changing the world for the better by taking personal responsibility, canceling cancel culture, discussing and listening to each other on topics like leadership, cultural trends, business, history, and more. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Right now on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Welcome. We're here today with Tony Everard. 
And uh, Tony, we're really lucky to have you here. I, I noticed you got in right before the rain. You got in like 60 seconds before you would have been drenched. Yeah, it's a special skill that I have. It comes with self-mastery, Matt, oh. you know, being able to control the weather. Okay, well, there you go. There you go. Well, we're, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I said I wish. That would be a great skill. <laughs> well, we're, well, thank you very much for being here today. Um, we're really lucky to have you here. I mean, Tony is a uh, master coach, hypnotherapist, a trainer of NLP, uh, timeline therapy, hypnosis, coaching, and uh, ultimate consciousness. She's been coaching since 2015 and training since 2016. Um, now, I know that you work uh, with people and help them uh, – uh, with their anxiety and stress and depression without numbing out. Can you tell us a, a little bit about that and, and, and maybe give some practical um, techniques or I, uh, ideas that people that are listening can use in their everyday lives? Yeah, absolutely, Matt. Um, you know, I work a lot with people that are dealing with stress and anxiety, and I think especially over the last couple of years you know this has really become a much bigger problem for people and what I find is that when people don't really know what's going on and they just have these feelings and and they feel the stress and they feel the anxiety they just look for a way to kind of numb that out so um, it could be with alcohol you know people find themselves drinking a lot more uh, could be with some kind of drugs prescription or, or recreational drugs um, could be online shopping mm. or um, you know scrolling through social media and essentially it people are looking for anything that stops them from feeling that discomfort and essentially dissociates them from from what's going on and so what I find is underneath this stress and anxiety is a lot of old negative type emotions from from past events so when we look at our unconscious mind and the memories that we store that in our unconscious mind, all of those memories essentially should be either with positive emotions or neutral of emotions. And if they're not, it just means we haven't been able to process those events and let go of those emotions because as humans, we're not designed to carry emotions. We're meant to feel them, process them and let them go. So when there's a lot of old emotional baggage that people are holding on to, what that happens is that they filter their current situation through that old emotional sort of baggage. And so they can make meaning of what's going on that results in this sort of stress and anxiety is really where uh, people are uh, projecting old fears onto the future. So they're thinking a lot about things not going how they want them to. Mm. And what happens is we get into this kind of feedback loop of imagining things going how you don't want them and then getting an uncomfortable feeling and then having this uncomfortable feeling and thinking, well, there must be something wrong and then focusing more on, on what's wrong. And that can become a really vicious cycle. So, of course, as we spoke about, people then look at, okay, how can I avoid this feeling? Mm -hmm. And they look for whatever they can to avoid it. So to get out of this cycle because... You know, the problem is when we turn to things like alcohol or drugs or, you know, shopping or social media and those kinds of things is that it might be a temporary relief, but then there's generally always a crash or a worse feeling afterwards. Mm. So it doesn't address the root of the problem. The problem's still there, except you've now got a bad feeling from whatever behaviour you've been using to try and avoid it and the problem on top of it. So it can become this kind of spiral. So 
how I help people to really um, stop numbing out and to get rid of the stress and anxiety is by using some techniques like NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which is very much about the language of the mind, and also timeline therapy, which is a process that allows you to let go of those old negative emotions really fast. And people are quite surprised at just how fast that works when we go to let go of those emotions. And then once those emotions are gone and any of the limiting beliefs as well, the stress leaves the body. Um, the, the filters, the memories that people are experiencing their current reality through are also positive or neutral. So they stop making the negative meaning to their current situation that causes the stress. Mm. And, uh, and so then we can look at some you know, really healthy ways of um, creating uh, health and well-being in a day-to-day world. So you know, making sure that there are those positive kind of routines. So what do you do when you get up in the morning? You know, is that, are you drinking some clean water? Are you spending some time to meditate or move your body, have a healthy breakfast, you know? Um, whereas if someone sort of gets up and just starts scrolling on social media and then down to coffee and, you know, stress is rushing around, likely the stress is going to go throughout the day. Mm. But people spend that kind of time just, you know, spending some time to really start the day well, set themselves up for the day, think about how they want the day to go put in some positive routines, whether it's movement, meditation, you know, healthy foods, clean water, uh, and then really think about how the rest of the day is going to go, then they find that there's a lot less stress, there's a lot less anxiety, and uh, and really have a much more enjoyable experience of life. Mm. Yeah, there's so much there to unpack. That was, that was awesome. Uh, just the last thing you said, um, I, I, I know just from my reading that Almost all, without exception, of the high flyers, you know, in the corporate world, and uh, are have some sort of a morning ritual that they, you know, undergo that that grounds them, yes. you know, that puts them in the right mind frame for the day. How important do you think that is? Oh, it's super important. You know, we really, when we look at, like you said, high flyers or or high performers and successful people, they very much choose what kind of state they want to be in. So rather than um, reacting to what's going on around them, they decide that this is how I want to feel and they choose that for themselves. Mm. And so when you make that choice and you take responsibility for how you feel um, you, and realise that you've got a choice, it's whatever happens, I can decide how I want to react to that. And, and that's really empowering to be able to do that and have that sort of awareness. Mm. Yeah, and the other thing that where you were talking about stress, uh, I know that uh, from you know some of the, a lot of the reading that I've done that it, I mean, stress actually does kill you. I mean, it, oh, yeah. it, it lowers your immune system. It you know shreds your your blood vessels. It um, uh, you know, it, it, and when you're stressed, certain part of your brains, the the, the MRIs uh, they've done in these studies show that certain part of your brains actually shut down. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you can't think logically. You can only think more instinctively and reactively rather than uh, creatively. Yes. So um, Absolutely. If we look at stress or fear, uh, you know, a classic example, I had one of my students who did a NLP master practitioner training with me uh, a couple of years ago now. She uh, focused on her health. She was sort of getting into her 50s. She was starting to um, – she got on blood pressure – 
medication. She was starting to go on other medications for her heart and kidneys and things. And uh, she focused on her health and got rid of a lot of this sort of emotional, negative emotional baggage and, and beliefs that she had. And uh, the day after the training, she started having some fainting spells and she had to go to the doctor. Wow. And the doctor said, uh, you need to come off of your blood pressure medicine. Because she'd got rid of the stress out of her body, her blood pressure returned to normal. She didn't need to take the medication anymore. That's wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I, I really was intrigued by, um, at, well, and reminded by your statement where you were talking about emotions should be either good or neutral. You know, we're not designed to carry the negatives around with us. I mean, uh, w- what can we do to, what, can you expand on that a little bit more and, and talk about why that's the case and what we can do to to make our brain think the right way? Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's when we say positive or negative emotions, it's, it's not that negative emotions are bad. Mm-hmm. They're there for a purpose. Mm. You know, they tell us if someone's crossing our boundaries or something is wrong. However, they're not meant for us to store in our body. Mm-hmm. It, it causes problems in our body. It causes stress, like we said. It can lead to disease. And uh, so we want to be able to process those emotions and, and really let them go. Um, you know, it's really interesting. I uh, read once about ducks, how <laughs> ducks uh, disperse negative energy. Mm-hmm. And so if you see a couple of ducks and they're in the pond and somehow they have a bit of, you know, argy-bargy about what part of the pond you're in mm-hmm. and, uh, and they, they fall out, once they've had that bit of a squabble, they'll go off and flap their wings to disperse any excess energy huh. and then go about their day, right? Huh. They're not sort of swimming over in this other part of the pond going, Jesus, Donald over there, he should have yeah. been in my pond yeah. and s- s- still about it for three days you know they let it go they're not carrying on about how donald uh, cut him off on the uh, (laughs) waterway exactly right Right? so you know i think there's a lot we can take from ducks it's Uh it's like if there's something happens you need to be able to process it you need to be express if it was something that you felt like someone's done something wrong you need to be express it you need to be able to you know hold your boundaries um and deal with that and let that go rather than you know take it with you and, and holding the resentment of all of the other kind of anger and negative self-talk that we can sometimes have. All right. Well, that's wonderful. Well, we're going to hear some more about how to master yourself, your emotions, and your thinking with Tony here in just a little bit.
Vuoi aumentare il tuo volume di affari? Non sai a chi rivolgerti? Chiama Radio Italia 1. Il nostro staff commerciale è a disposizione per ogni informazione o preventivo personalizzato. Chiama all'82 123177. Radio Italia 1. E anche tu sarai un numero 1. Su Radio Italia 1, la rubrica mensile del COASIT del Sud Australia. Il nostro comitato di assistenza agli italiani si impegna a promuovere il benessere e la salute della nostra comunità. Volete scoprire come accedere alle informazioni e ai servizi di orientamento del COASIT per garantire serenità alla nostra vita? Ascoltate la rubrica mensile ogni primo sabato del mese alle ore 10 su Radio Italia 1. Looking for a new coffee machine for your home or workplace? Look no further than Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your experts in all things coffee. Why not come in for a chat and a special coffee tasting? You'll find us at 264 Gilbert Street in the city. Mention Radio Italia Uno and you will receive a free 250 gram bag of freshly roasted coffee beans. You can also shop online at www.fccoffee.com.au where you'll find our large range of premium roasted coffee beans, coffee machines, accessories, hot chocolates, teas and lots, lots more. I'm Danielle from Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things caffeine. Radio Italia 1 invita i propri tesserati, ascoltatori e sostenitori a rinnovare la tessera annuale Amici Radio Italia 1. L'invito è esteso anche a tutti coloro che non sono mai stati soci sostenendo così la radio. Il vostro sostegno è essenziale per mantenere sempre viva la voce di Radio Italia 1 che vi giunge direttamente nelle vostre case. Radio Italia 1, la radio del futuro, la radio della comunità italiana. Radio Italia 1 You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno 87.6 FM We're here with we're here with Tony Everhart, uh, a ma- master coach, hypnotherapist, NLP uh, aficionado 
and uh, timeline therapist. In our last session, we talked about quite a few things. We talked about some ducks. We <laughs> talked about uh, you know, uh, how to master our thinking. And we're going to continue on that. Uh, I, I, in the last session, you talked about how a lot of the most of the problems that we have uh, and most of the work that you do with people is help them uh, not y- numb themselves through alcohol or other bad habits uh, and help them overcome uh, the, p- the pain that they're dealing with uh, in a constructive way. And you mentioned timeline therapy. Can you tell us more about that and how that's utilized in that, in that uh, endeavor? Yes. Uh, look, timeline therapy is one of my favorite subjects it's really been a modality that was life-changing for me in myself because I very much got into this work by wanting to, you know, create change for myself. And timeline therapy came off of the back of NLP. So NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which was uh, created in the late 60s, early 70s by uh, Richard Bandler and John Grinder, was very much around the, the, the language of the mind and how to create excellence and, and human behaviour. And Ted James uh, happened to work with these guys. And then off the back of that, in the 80s, Ted James created timeline therapy or the timeline therapy techniques. So timeline itself isn't anything new, you know, for years and years and years. We've known about the timeline and how the unconscious mind stores memories and in a timeline, which essentially means we organise our memories in a way uh, so that we can understand, you know, the difference between what happened last week and three months ago or 20 years ago or whatever else. And uh, all of those memories on that timeline are organised in gestalts, which is essentially groups of memories around a particular theme. So you would have a, a gestalt of anger, a gestalt of sadness you'd also have happiness and love and those kinds of things and so the uh the fundamentals of timeline therapy is that if we can find the root cause so the very first event that started a gestalt of a particular negative emotion and we can go back to that and essentially reframe that memory in a way that we get positive learnings from it so if we look at from the perspective of that life is always happening for us, not to us, and there's always things to learn. If we can go back to that very first event, reframe that memory, get the positive learnings, it would actually let that emotion go. And then we can collapse that whole gestalt and let all of that emotion go mm. from all the way back from the root cause back to now. And this happens very fast. So you can let go of a lifetime of anger or sadness or fear in a couple of minutes or 10 minutes at the very most and it's fast and it's effective and people have an on-the-spot physical, mental, emotional sensation that it's changed. People say they feel lighter Um, and then we test straight away and people test and go back and check different memories where they used to be able to feel that old emotion and find that it's gone, that it's completely gone. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's a brilliant tool. We're now finding that, because, you know, people sometimes ask me, like, are you a psychologist? I'm like, no, I'm not a psychologist. Uh, But we're now finding that a lot of psychologists are coming and learning these tools as well because they're like, well, if there are tools and techniques that we can use that help people let go of all of their emotional baggage, they don't have to sit and talk over it and over it and over it. 
re-traumatise themselves, well, then we want to know how to do that. Um, so, yeah, timeline therapy is a very fast, effective tool to be able to have in your back pocket for sure. So if somebody wanted to uh, utilise your skills in that, I mean, I'm sure there's some people listening that were like, wow, I'd, wow, I'd like to learn more about that or, or maybe I should try that or those kind of things. How would they contact you? I'm pretty easy to find, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Tony Everard everywhere. Whether it's on LinkedIn, you'll find me as Tony Everard. And my website is TonyEverard.com. Uh, you find me on Facebook as Tony Everard Coaching. And, uh, and absolutely reach out and arrange a time to have a chat with me. So I always um, spend, you know, say 20 minutes having a chat with someone and just finding out where they're at, what sort of problems they've been dealing with, you know, what outcome do they want to be able to achieve. And just make sure that we're a good fit for working together. Mm. Um, you know, I work with uh, a range of different people. I work with a lot of men who are um, usually in their sort of 30s and 40s that are maybe business owners or, or leaders um, that are dealing with a lot of stress and anxiety. And, uh, and that's affecting their work performance and often their home life and family life as well. Mm. Um, so I work with those guys. I also work with a lot of um, women leaders and and coaches uh and really helping them with their confidence and perhaps they're building their business or they're doing a transition or looking to get a promotion and really work on any of those um beliefs or negative emotions that are holding them back uh imposter syndrome is another big one Mm. yeah what some of the people listening i'm sure don't know what imposter syndrome is can you tell them yeah, oh, imposter syndrome. Those people who have it, they know that they have it. Okay. <laughs> they might not know that's what it's called. But... <laughs> they might not. Yeah. And so imposter syndrome is really where uh, there's a gap between who people think they are mm-hmm. and what it is that they uh, maybe feel like they're expected to do. So this can often happen when someone's perhaps starting a new business. They might have imposter syndrome about, am I really good enough? Do I know enough? Um, you know, do people really want to work with me? Uh, it can happen when people get a promotion, for mm. example. They might be like, oh, you know, do I really know enough? Is someone going to find out that I'm not really all that I'm cracked up to be? And, and, uh, and that's where the imposter sort of part of it comes in, where people feel like they're an imposter in their own day-to-day life or, or role. Mm. One thing that you, you brought up that I thought was interesting, uh, what, what's your opinion on – actually, maybe I shouldn't ask you this because I'm putting you on the spot, but I already started. Yeah, so let's you can, roll with it. You can handball it if you don't want, if you don't want. <laughs> But uh, what about talk therapy? I mean, I, I, in my mind, I think if you're talking about the – and maybe this is me being hyper male here, stereotyping myself – but if you're talking about the same problem over and over again, it just seems like you're just beating yourself to death with it, and it's yeah. not productive. So, uh, I mean, it seems that that could almost be counterproductive. I mean, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, look, I I, I agree with that, Matt. Um, you know, timeline therapy, for example, is content-free. Mm. So people don't need to talk about those past uh, problems. So, you know, sometimes my clients come to me and, you know, maybe they've seen counsellors or psychologists and, and you know, um, I think those people are doing great, great work. There's definitely a place for, you know, all of these types of people that are helping. But sometimes they come and they say, you know, I've been seeing this person for years mm. or a couple of years and I talk about the problem and I talk about the problem and I might feel a little bit better at the time, but nothing really changes and I go back 
And so essentially from an NLP perspective and timeline therapy perspective it is if we're talking about it, we're just sort of shoring up those neural pathways of this problem. Mm. And so the more you use a neural pathway, the more myelination forms in that, strengthens up that neural pathway. And so you can really make that pattern deeper and, and more sort of ground in, mm. if you like. So, so the thing with... NLP and timeline therapy is like, yes, we might do a little bit of talking about, okay, what's the structure of this problem? So rather than getting into the content, we're looking at, okay, so you've got this outcome. What's the structure underneath that? You know, what is the root cause of what it is? And so rather than just going over and over and over the story, it's just like finding all of the the structure, which is like the limiting beliefs, the negative emotions, the internal conflicts, and then resolving those as quickly as possible and then focusing, okay, what do we want instead? What are we moving forward into? What do you want to create in your life? Mm. And that's where the focus is. That's what we want to talk more mm. about and create strategies of moving that way. So what I'm hearing you say is you don't want to avoid the issue but or even the story, but you want to deal with it, You know, dig into where the feelings are, and focus on trying to change those feelings and then drive on. Is well, that, releasing them, yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. It's just like let's find the root of this thing mm-hmm. and get it out. Mm. <laughs> and then, you know, really importantly though, it's focusing on, okay, what do you want instead? Mm. You know, Because this is what I say to some people. You know, if someone says, I just want to be happier or if they have depression, I just don't want to have depression anymore. It's like, okay, great, but what do you want to have instead, mm. right? Because someone who's not depressed doesn't sit there and go, you know, geez, I'm so happy that I'm not depressed, <laughs> right? Mm. They're, they're living a completely different reality. They're living their life and they're feeling good and, and that kind of stuff. So we want to really look out, all right, what is it that you want to have instead? So when this is gone, what, what are do you going to replace it with? Yeah. Because yeah. it's not going to go away unless you have something to replace it with. Exactly. It's not like you're just creating this void. Mm. There will be something else there. Wow. Well, we're gonna, it's uh, 6.30 right now, and we're going to be back in just a little bit with Tony Everard and words of wisdom and uh, ways to improve yourself and your life. Italia 1 Adelaide. Tenerti aggiornato con le vaccinazioni contro il Covid-19 non rafforza soltanto la tua immunità. Aiuta a tenere in piedi le attività commerciali, a mantenere attiva la vita sociale e a riunire le famiglie. Per scoprire come prenotare la tua dose booster visita il sito australia.gov.eu oppure chiama il numero 1800 020 080. Seleziona l'opzione 8 per l'assistenza gratuita di un interprete. Autorizzazione del governo australiano Canberra. Gallipo Foods dal 1983 l'IDA australiano nella vendita di distribuzione di una vasta gamma di generi alimentari tra i quali il prosciutto Spears dal gusto unico e delicato al palato innovazione, professionalità e forte rapporto con dipendenti clienti e fornitori fanno di Galipo Foods uno dei distributori più grandi rispettati e premiati in tutta Australia Galipo Foods stima fiducia e qualità Radio Italia 1 You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno 87.6 FM Tony in the uh, 
in one of our previous conversations, you talked uh, in your capacity as an NLP uh, trainer and uh, uh, timeline uh, fixer-upper, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Yeah. Uh, you talked about uh, you know the importance of understanding the three minds and being mm. aware of them. Can you talk a little bit about that, please? Yeah, I'd love to. It's one of the things I really like to educate my clients about if, if they don't have a lot of understanding about this is because we, we do, in fact, have a conscious mind, an un- unconscious mind, and higher conscious mind. So our conscious mind, we can refer to it as the logic reasoning sort of mind. It's the goal setter. So it's the mind that we decide what we want to do and and make those logical sort of decisions. Our unconscious mind is we can refer to that as the goal getter. So that's where all our our beliefs and our values and and how we filter information, uh, you know, how we feel about things, how we make value judgments how we process information, all of that happens at the unconscious level. And so it's really important to understand how to use both the conscious mind and the unconscious mind uh, effectively. So we have to think about the unconscious mind as effectively being like a six-year-old child, okay? So it's all very much around what feels good and, um, and you know, it needs some parental guidance essentially, so we look at the conscious mind as being the guiding parental figure to the unconscious mind. So our unconscious mind needs to get clear direction. Okay, so consciously we need to uh, monitor the thoughts that we have. We need to really analyse what's going through our own mind. I talk about being a guardian of our thoughts. Okay, because left unchecked, a lot of people can have all this kind of constant stream of negative chatter and um, you know, unhelpful kind of thoughts and feelings that are going on. So it's the conscious mind's job to be aware of what's happening and to really uh, choose the direction, okay? And so, you know, choose to focus on what it is that you want. Uh, choose to decide whether what's going on in the back of your mind is really helping you or if it's being unhelpful. Um, and acknowledging what those emotions are that are there so if there are negative emotions bringing them to conscious awareness and saying you know what I'm feeling angry right now I'm feeling sadness right now and so what this does is that develops that communication between the conscious mind and the unconscious mind what happens a lot of the time is that people push down what's coming up from the unconscious mind, mm. okay? especially if it feels bad. Mm. And so they try and push it down. And uh, over time, that can really lead to things like uh, if there's a lot of emotion being repressed, it can lead to things like chronic pain, disease, all those kinds of things. Where the unconscious mind is trying to give signals that, hey, there's something here that doesn't feel good, that mm. I need to be able to work through it. So it's really important that we understand how to use both of those ones, what to listen to, what do we need to resolve within ourselves, and also choosing what we focus on and, and how we you know, consciously think about things, having that awareness. Now, higher conscious mind is where we get a lot of our sort of inspiration and uh, possibility and, and, and ideas from. So, you know, if we think about people like... Uh, Nikolai Tesla, mm. Albert Einstein, um, they very much, you know, they created amazing things. But it was very much from stuff they were downloading. 
more so. Einstein would talk about having kind of naps during the day where he would hold, I think it was like a metal ball or something where he'd hold onto it. And he'd hold onto that because if he dropped it, he knew he'd gone too far asleep. But if he just had himself in this kind of, you know, um, meditative state, he could connect with consciousness essentially and download information. And so when we've got that connection with our higher conscious mind, so much more is possible. We can connect in with the truth of how magnificent we are and what we're really capable of. However, if we've got a lot of unresolved stuff in the unconscious mind, it's very hard to get past that, to connect and download that kind of information. So consciously, we want to be aware and be a guardian of our thoughts and focus on what it is that we want so that we can create our reality. The unconscious, we want to have good communication with that and clean up anything there that's not serving us. And connecting with unconscious, our higher conscious mind really comes down to spending that time in either meditating or um, some of those sort of quiet time where you allow that information to come through and um, and really step into that magnificence of who we all are. Mm. Wow. So that's some great stuff. Uh, I, one thing that I found interesting was uh, the guardian of your thoughts that you were talking about. I, I It made me think, and, and this might be a little bit out there, but I know that it, for punishment – Okay, for punishment, what the the thing that the uh, people in prison hate the most, and that's most horrifying for them, is being in solitary confinement. Even mm. when they're in this horrible environment where it's dangerous, you might as well be out in the jungle with a pride of lions. In some cases, what really breaks them is solitary, because mm. they're they're in there, they're alone with nothing but their own thoughts, and it's their brain that punishes them more than anything else. Yeah. So how do we, uh, you know, you talked about self-mastery. How do we overcome these fears and, and, and negative thoughts? Can we talk a little bit more about that? I mean, you've given us a little bit, but can we dig into that deeper? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is interesting, like solitary confinement could absolutely be devastating for, for someone who doesn't have the, the tools to be able to deal with their own thoughts and their own in their own minds um you know on the flip side of that there are things like silent meditations retreats where people go and, and don't mm-hmm. speak to anyone for 10 days or you know more at a time and that is by all accounts I haven't been on one as yet uh, but a very challenging thing of not being able to speak and and connect with others and express you know those thoughts and feelings so so if we think about okay you know back to being a guardian of your thoughts okay so at any given time, we're receiving huge amounts of of information, right, coming in through our five senses. So anywhere now they say 11 million bits per second or could be as high as 65 million bits per second. Um, I don't know who sits there with a the clicker and counts those, uh, Matt, but it's a lot, they it's a fast, lot of bits. they got a fast yeah. thumb. <laughs> yeah, mm. absolutely. But the thing about that, with however many millions of bits per second it, it actually is, uh our minds, our human minds can only deal with about 134 bits per second. Okay, So there's literally millions of bits of information that we have to delete, distort and generalise out and bring in a chunk of information that we can deal with. So what we focus on will have a great influence on that. Okay, So if you were to start thinking about something someone said to you that you didn't like 
five years ago and you really started focusing in on that um, and you played that memory over in your mind and you thought about what they said and what you could see and the expression on their face and all that kind of stuff, pretty soon you would start getting some negative emotions that Mm -hmm. uh, match that, right? So then you've essentially uh, activated your reticular um, activating system, which is going to look for more things to come in and match that. Okay, so not only did that person say something and do something and whatever else, but now there's probably someone else in your vicinity that's starting to match that. Maybe there's something that they've said to you, a certain tone, and, and that's going to trigger that off. Um, you know, and then you, you sort of go on this sort of downhill spiral of all of these things that are coming in to match that because your focus has been on that particular negative thing. Mm. Right, so it's really important that we get to understand what do we want to focus on because what we focus on makes a huge difference to the information that we'll pull in that's available from all of these millions of bits of information. So we can either focus on the things that we don't like and then well, that's all we'll find and it will prove our reality that things are crappy and people are mean or whatever else or we can focus on what we do want and then start to find, wow, and then there's this person that's really supportive and helpful and then this good thing happened. So using guarding of our thoughts, think about what we're focusing on, what we're choosing to run through our mind and knowing that whatever that is will create our reality. Mm. Is there any techniques that you can utilize that you, uh, to to ha- create the self-discipline to to do that? Because a lot of people might not have the discipline to focus on the positive rather than the negative. Yeah, well, look, I mean, the most common and oldest, uh, I guess, uh, practice is meditation. Mm. Right? A lot of people say, well, I, I can't meditate. You know, it's, it's hard. I can't get everything out of my head. Mm. But the, the point of meditation isn't to have a blank mind. It's mm-hmm. to practice pulling down to a single point of focus. It's to practice, you know, cutting out that negative monkey chatter that's bouncing around in the back of the mind. So it is a practice. So, you know, learning how to have a single point of focus is something you need to practice on a daily basis, like cutting out that negative self-talk. Now, having said that, this is why timeline therapy and NLP is so effective as well is because when you let go of all of the negative emotions and limiting beliefs and things from the past you also find that that negative chatter and self-talk diminishes. So it's a it's always a, um, I guess if we look at change, there's three requisites for change. One is doing the, the personal development work and cleaning up the stuff from the past. The second one is that we've got to focus on what we want and put boundaries in place. So boundaries with how, what's okay with other people interacting with you, but also boundaries with yourself around what path you'll go down. You know, where will you put the brakes on for yourself and and choose a different way of being? Um, And then, um, so, yeah, focus on what you want, uh, enforce your boundaries, and also take action. Mm. So you need to take action in doing the things that you want to do. Number two reminds me of, uh, you're a mom. Remember the Dr. Seuss book, Oh, the Places You'll Go? 
Oh, vaguely. <laughs> been a been a long time since I, I read yeah. little kids' books. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> think of that. You won't go down that street. You know, you'll go down the good street. Oh yes. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's 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 great stuff. Well, um, one thing I wanted to – this is a little bit out there again, but uh, I was just thinking about something you were saying. Maybe uh, when you were, were talking about how we're internalizing these negative feelings and they can hurt us health-wise. What's your opinion? Uh, a lot of people uh, and some researchers are starting to say that that's a case for cancer. Oh, that, yes. That, you know, that you know, your body's manifesting that uh, because of the things that are going on in your head. Do you, do you buy into that? Uh, yes, and in fact, um, I actually teach some of this in NLP oh. Master Practitioner. We go very much into health and, uh, and you know, what causes dis-ease, mm-hmm. essentially. And there's some amazing work by Dr. Reiki Hamer, who uh, had he, – well, he was already a doctor and he had a very traumatic event when his uh, 17-year-old son uh, was killed. He was shot and killed. Mm. And – Within months of this happening, he developed um, testicular cancer and he thought, well, this must be related. And so he did a lot of research into this and they could actually find that when someone uh, experiences some form of a traumatic event, they can actually do brain scans and see where the impact is in the brain from that emotional event. And there's some specific sort of uh, conditions around th- that where they found would link to cancer. And it was around where the event was unexpected, it was quite sudden, the person often couldn't, felt like they couldn't talk about it and didn't have any kind of strategies to cope with it. And they could link that directly to different types of cancer. And, and, and then there's a, a whole kind of range of these types of traumas which can then link to what it meant to the person mentally, emotionally, and what part of the body it will affect. So, for example, um, a mother that had a traumatic event with a child, like near miss or, or, or dying really suddenly and unexpectedly, could have some breast cancer because it's to do with nurturing mm. the child. So, yeah, there's loads of studies around that very thing, yeah. As if we didn't have enough reasons to uh, try to think positive and focus on the right things. So it's uh, 646 right now, just turned 646. And we're going to be back in just a little bit uh, with some final thoughts from uh, Tony Everard. Our independence is everything. Brazier Mobility has been creating independence for people for over 30 years. Brazier Mobility specialises in tailored vehicle solutions to keep you active, ensuring your vehicle modification suits your needs, offering you unlimited freedom. Brazier Mobility boasts a team of highly skilled technicians working in a state-of-the-art facility located here in South Australia. No compromises are made when it comes to client satisfaction. Call them for a friendly chat on 1800 Brazier or visit their website, braziermobility.com.au. Brazier Mobility, creating independence. 
sono Nicola Carè. Credo che gli italiani all'estero siano cittadini italiani con gli stessi diritti dei cittadini residenti in Italia. Mi impegnerò per il riacquisto della cittadinanza, per finalizzare un accordo o l'accordo di sicurezza sociale in Nuova Zelanda, per l'accoglienza delle nuove mobilità in Australia per la ristrutturazione dell'AIRA che così chiaramente non funziona e per migliorare i servizi consolari per maggiori investimenti nella promozione di lingua italiana nel mondo dammi fiducia, vota PD e alla Camera scrivi Carè Due ore con Antonio Dottore programma di attualità, approfondimento, interviste di politica, economia, scienze, arte ogni venerdì dalle 15 alle 17 Romeo Foodland al servizio della comunità da oltre 30 anni con onestà, cortesia e professionalità prodotti locali e importati di alta qualità prezzi imbattibili Antonio, Lisa, Romeo e figli ringraziano la clientela e mi invitano a visitare i loro supermercati incluso il negozio organico di Nord Edalaide dove riceverete gratuitamente i consigli della naturopata Romeo Foodland da valore alla tua famiglia Special pasta borrello in diversi formati 500 grammi 3 dollari e 49 Olio coppa d'oro vegetale 4 litri 14 dollari e 99 Passata di pomodoro sole natura 700 grammi 1 dollaro e 49 Gnocchi siena 500 grammi 1 dollaro e 79 Caffè lavazza oro 17 dollari e 99 al chilo Dal Romeo Foodland Study Croydon Rosewater Kilkenny, Campbelltown, Salisbury East, McGill, Rostreva, Ethelstone, Lockleys, Moison Light e Port Adelaide. Radio Italia 1. You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia 1, 87.6 FM. Well, it's been a great show and uh, it's going to end up strong too, I'm sure. But, uh, Tony, uh, in your role as a master coach and a hypnotherapist and a NLP trainer and, and timeline therapy and all these things you do, if you've only got one crack at somebody, only one time you can talk to them for just a little bit of time and you want to impact them, what's the one thing you want them to carry away? The one thing, without a doubt, Matt, is to understand your personal responsibility. Often when clients come and see me, they're at the effect of something. So they have a problem or, you know, they have a problem with someone else or there's something going on that they feel like is out of their control. And it could be they feel like that they're at the, uh, you know, something to do with their boss or their partner or the government or whatever that might be. And it's realising that everything is within you. It's taking that responsibility of saying, you know what, I'm experiencing the world from within me and I get to choose what I let in and how I want that experience to be. So it's very much around that taking responsibility and saying, you know what, if I want anything different in my life, it's up to me to make that happen and I can make that happen. Um, once people get that, it's so super empowering. It's just knowing like, It's always up to me. I can change anything. I can choose how I feel. I can choose what I think about. 
um, I can make a difference to what I'm experiencing right now. And uh, that is the most empowering thing. Followed closely by always asking, what is there for me to learn here? Mm, Wow. So not a big fan of victim philosophy, it doesn't sound like you are. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, look, for some people, the the victim role might get them some kind of benefits. Um, But, you know. In the short run. In the short run. I think you, you always look at, right, if I get out to be 90 years old or 100 years old and I look back at my life, Will I be happy with how it was? Or mm. will I think, geez, you know, there were some things I could have done differently? Mm. Well, you're right. I, I tell you, I totally buy into that. I mean, once you realize you're master or mistress of your own destiny, you know, and, and uh, you, you have control of the direction you're headed, that's, that's the best thing. And, and that's the most empowering thing. And I think it makes it, it takes a lot of the pressure off. You don't have to worry about. You know whether it's going to rain today or what. You know you you, you know whether you you know you can handle whatever's going to happen. Yes. So uh, now I, and I'm sure that the audience is is dying to hear more and is is unhappy that this hour has flown by so fast. Uh, can you tell them how they can hear about hear more from you or learn more from you or uh, do you have any events or can you tell us any of that, please? Yes, I I run quite a lot of events. I'm usually teaching something most months. Uh, This following weekend, I'm teaching three-day hypnosis training, which is about learning how to uh, hypnotize people to stop smoking, lose weight. Uh, It's also very good for self-hypnosis. In December, I'm running a NLP practitioner training, which is a seven-day full immersive training to become your own best coach um, and to be able to have those leadership and coaching uh, skills. And uh, you can always find me at TonyEverard.com as well. On my uh, website, you can find ways to contact me. But I do actually have a, um, a bit of a gift for your listeners, Matt, a, a free self-hypnosis guide. Cool. Um, so it's really about learning how to connect with your own unconscious mind. So uh, people can uh, download that straight from my website if they go to TonyEverard.com.au forward slash self-hypnosis so it's t-o-n-i-e-v-e-r-a-r-d dot com dot a-u forward slash self-hypnosis wow well thank you very much for being here with us tony it's been a great pleasure and i want to thank uh mark aston for paneling for us today and most of all i'd like to thank all of you for listening and as always i'll leave you with a brief inspirational message One day, on a bitterly cold morning in my hometown of Chicago, a science teacher at the Thornton Township High School named Charlie Price was boarding the train to go to work. He looked back as he was boarding and bemusingly noticed a young girl of 16 named Betty running to catch the train to get to high school. He knew she'd never make it. She was way too far away. After he settled in his seat on the train, he was shocked when she sat down right next to him. Charlie Price wasn't just the school science teacher, he also happened to be the boys' track coach. He encouraged her to run and let her practice with the boys because the girls didn't even have a team. She ran her first official race a few weeks later at an indoor meet and finished second to the U.S. record holder of the 100-meter race, Helen Filkey. In the next meet, a little over two months later, she beat Filkey and tied the world record. 
Her third official race was in the Amsterdam Olympics of 1928. Her very first Olympics where women were allowed to compete in track and field. She was the only U.S. athlete to qualify for the 100-meter final. Five months after her very first official race, she won the gold. She also tied the world record. Almost 100 years later, she remains the youngest athlete to win a gold medal in the Olympics in the 100-meter. She also led the U.S. team to a silver in the 4 by 100 relay a few days later. The story would be pretty great if it ended there, but it doesn't. After the Olympics and returning home to a hero's welcome, she was accepted to Northwestern University to pursue a P.E. degree. She was hoping to coach the 1936 Olympic U.S. team. She continued training for the 1932 Olympics, and on June 28, 1931, she got into her cousin's small plane with her sister to try to cool off on a brutally hot day. It crashed. The rescuer who arrived on the, sp- on the scene put her corpse in the boot of his car and took her to the undertakers. The undertaker realized, though, she wasn't dead, just very close. Upon closer examination, it was determined she had multiple internal injuries, a hand wound, her legs were broken in three places, a broken hip, and a shattered left arm. She had a pin put in her broken leg, was in the hospital for 11 weeks, and was told she'd never walk again. She spent the next six months in a wheelchair. Her brother-in-law made her walk with him every morning. In the beginning, it was just a few steps. But after two years, she was able to walk somewhat normally again. She didn't make the 1932 Olympics. But she did make the 1936 Olympics. And even though she couldn't crouch to get in the starting position needed to run the individual 100 meter because of all of the injuries and surgeries and fractures on her left leg and left arm, she was entered into the USA's 4 by 100 relay team again. And this time, instead of silver, her team won gold. Later, she did end up as a track and field official, a public speaker promoting women's sports, a wife, and a mother of two. In 1971, she was inducted into the U.S. Olympic Hall of Fame. What do we learn from Betty Robinson? Well, many things. First, we learn that oftentimes we have abilities that are greater than we are aware of and that sometimes others can see them when we cannot. Charles Price saw hers. She didn't. She said she knew she was fast, but she never even considered running. We also learned to focus on the things we can do instead of those we can't. Remember, after she was injured so bad that they were, she was believed to be dead, she won a gold medal in her sport. We learn not to listen to those who count us out and tell us there's no hope. And most of all, we're reminded that there are two kinds of people in the world. There are the ones who give up on themselves when faced with adversity, who give up on their dreams when things seem impossible, and who listen to the naysayers. And then there are the kind who, although discouraged, who might feel beaten, will not give up on their dreams and will fight for their successes and can accomplish things that others might deem impossible and inspire others. The question is, as always, which one are you? Radio Italia 1. Sono le 18 e 59 minuti. Italia 1 News. 
Buongiorno dalla redazione. L'emergenza energetica resta al centro della campagna elettorale. Antonio Tajani, coordinatore di Forza Italia, chiede un intervento urgente. La preoccupazione per una crisi che mette in difficoltà anche le famiglie viene prima di quella per i conti, ha detto. Ma su uno scostamento di bilancio frena l'ex ministro dell'economia Giulio Tremonti, candidato con Fratelli d'Italia.